All right. Good morning, church. This is funny feeling being in this side of the building rather than that side. It's a bit warmer too, I have to say. I think the kids have the upper deal. It is beautiful in there, a constant 20 degrees. <laughs> you have to wear a jumper sometimes, <laughs> not to rub it in or anything. But welcome this morning. If you're here visiting for the first time, it's great to have you here. If you're, not, if you're here again, thanks for coming. We, we want to say hi this morning. For those that don't know me, my name is Pastor Kate Gordon-Ockenfels. <laughs> I forgot my own name. I am the children's and youth pastor here at Oasis. And it is my privilege to be up here again this morning after a long stint of uh, not being here and looking after. I had twins two almost two years ago now. Um, and so this is the step back into being here and um, the next part of the journey that God has for me. And um, so I've been asked this morning to continue the series that Christine started last week and she was talking about caring for each other, this community here. And I want to move on to the final and the next step in that, which is caring for that community out there. Actually going out of here and out to there, into the world. And that is really where God's heart is at. That is the package. Um, and so we're talking about that also in the lead up to Surf Week. We've seen many opportunities there. So I want to just start in a place of saying, I'm going to give you some questions just to ponder for a minute. When you think of church, what do you think of? What comes to mind? Do you think of a building? Do you think right here? Do you think of particular people or a type of person or how they should behave? What thoughts and feelings come into mind when you think of the local community? Do you think, oh, or do you go, wow, such an opportunity? How can I love them? Is your heart moved with compassion and love when you, when you drive down that street and you see someone with a flat tyre, when you see someone at Coburn Central sitting out there with all their belongings in the trolley and they're asking, do you have a cigarette, mate? What's your reaction? Do you know them? Do you know the needs of this community out there? Do you have relationship with them? Or are you in your own little bubble and these are the only people that are coming in my bubble? If... Your answers to that today, I want to challenge you in that. Whether it's you're on that journey and you're heading out in there and you know what's going on. Or whether you're still in your bubble and you're a bit afraid to leave it. I want to challenge you to take the next step this morning in that journey in caring for our community. And so I want to start with a story about me. And this was a story from very early on when I had just come back to Jesus and I had been spending time getting to know Jesus, the real Jesus. <laughs> I'd been talking to him and meeting with him and, and just realizing actually he loves me. <laughs> he loves me and he thinks I'm amazing even in my brokenness, even in my patheticness of all my hurts and lies that I've believed. He loves me and he loves those people outside. And so I was in my mid-20s when a close friend of mine who's been a Christian for years and years and years and went to another church. And she 
uh, was going into a school and this school is in an area not far from here and a lot of the students in that school are wards of the state. A lot, there's a lot of behaviour issues. There's a lot of... <laughs> it's intense. It's an intense school. It's a hard-to-staff school. And this lady was going into the school regularly. She had been going into the school for years. Not just her, but a group of about 15 other people. And they were going off their own bat. They went, spoke to the principal and said, how can we get on board with you? How can we love and support you? And at first the principal was like, no, we don't need you. We don't want churches in here. And then she said, we'll do anything. And he was like, well, you know what? The kids aren't learning because they're not having food. They're not having food. <laughs> can you do that? So after several years of being in there, they'd set up a system where they'd have served breakfast in the morning to these kids that have breakfast in the morning. There'd also be opportunity if they didn't have clean clothes, clean underwear or a school shirt to wear. They were there to support that. And it grew from that to be able to run actually with the, this is when there were year sixes and sevens, to be able to run um, a mentoring group for young women because a lot of these girls knew a lot more than I even know now about drugs, about sex, about all that kind of stuff and they were seeing things in their own family and thinking that was okay and they also hadn't been loved and they weren't loving themselves and so she'd set up a program to speak into these people's lives and she said, hey, why don't you come on board? And my first reaction was, I can't do that. I, <laughs> Jesus loves me, but I don't know those people. <laughs> I don't know what to say to those people. And I don't think I can do it. The biggest thing was fear. <laughs> fear of self-preservation, really. Selfishness. But <laughs> after all of that, I just felt like God was going, Kate, you need to just do it. So in my insecurity, I went, okay, I'm going to just do it. Even if I'm crying on the way in, <laughs> I'm just going to step in and do it. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I went in with these people. And the first day I remember walking, driving there, and I'm praying and I'm going, God, just help me. I don't think I can do this. I got to the gate and I was like, I don't think I can do this. And I think I, I remember there was almost tears in my eyes. But I walked through and I saw these people, these women who were 60, 70 years old. They were loving these kids. They had a connection with these kids. I mean rough. Pre-primaries and kindies, that new language I hope my child never comes out with. <laughs> um, but that was normal for them. And these women just loved them. And these kids loved them back. And there was an openness to just share. And the flip side to that was because a lot of them were wards of the state, over time the principal trusted them. If you know schools, schools don't like other people coming into their staff room particularly. I'm a teacher and it's like, what are you doing in my staff room? This is my space. But these women could go into the staff room and it'd be like, how are you going today? Grab yourself a coffee. Come on, we're having morning tea. 
They'd come early to sit in that space with the principal, with those staff. Those staff would say, hey, I'm having problems in a classroom. Do you think someone could come maybe at this time once a week? The door was opened because people had stepped up and said, I'm stepping out of my bubble. I'm going to love no matter what. It looks like I'm going to show grace and mercy for as long as it takes. And the thing that actually surprised me was, number one, that I enjoyed it. But more than that, that these guys had relationship. Just like those people from the church had relationship with me. Just like they loved me when I was sick or I was still a student, so I ran out of petrol a couple of times and they lent me money to be able to get my car from A to B or even just catch a bus to, to Bible college. And they loved me the same way that they loved those people. There was no difference. I was just as important. They were just as important. And so I want to start there. We're important, but they're important. At Oasis Church right now, I've got some pictures um, of the pop-up shop up here. At Oasis Church, there's a few things at this point in time that we do every year to love our community, to serve our community, to get out of our box and serve others. We um, actually liaise with um, Atwell and Auburn Grove College uh, School And we find people and families and sometimes families that have been identified from people in our community um, that need help at Christmas time. And we are able to wrap presents for them, bless their children and see hampers and and even pray for these people. But we're not expecting anything more. We're loving them. We're loving them because we love them and God loves them. We have the opportunity to pray for them. It opens the door. Love opens a door. We also do Serve Week, which we had Beck saying in about a week's time. We have that opportunity to do it again. And it's such a privilege, whether it be our youth giving out a lolly bag. Instead of eating it themselves, (laughs) they get to go, hey, Coburn Central, we just want to give you this and say, Thanks. Thanks for being you. We care. What's the impact of Grace, of Emma, of, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old? How many youth that age do you see going out giving to you just because? What impact does that have? Young families, our our kids out there this year, we're going to be writing thank you cards and making packs for the police force, uh, the federal police, and also teachers. Saying thank you to the teachers just because. Um, We've done Backyard Blitz before, but we're doing it again just because. What an amazing opportunity to do it in one week here. And you have that opportunity to make a difference just because we love these people. So if I go back to my story and I think about those kids in that school all those years ago, that feeling still hasn't left me. 
there are two key things that strike me even today in my head and in my heart. And the first one I want to bring to you is I've got a box here, (laughs) okay? I think often we put church into this box. We think this is all church is. But actually, in reality, church is beyond this box. We'll just flatten it. (laughs) It's beyond this box. And our head needs to go beyond this box. It needs to go beyond our comfort zone. It needs to go beyond loving our close neighbours to loving our neighbours, neighbours, distant neighbours, enemy neighbours. It needs to go beyond because that's what caring is. That's what loving is. That's what's God's heart. It's in uh, Matthew 28, 19, at the heart of loving others is actually the heart of Jesus when he says and commands us to go, not get them to come to me, but go into the world and make disciples. Go. That really hits my heart. Go, not come, go. This is what God has called us to do as disciples, to be the hands, the feet, the mouth of God, going into the community, being immersed in it, revealing his love and impacting. Impacting Coburn Central, impacting Atwell College, impacting all those schools, these businesses right next door. And yet, often, I think we forget the go. We default to, we love you, you're awesome, we want you to find life. But to do that, you need to join us at a set hour every Sunday in this building. <laughs> not, I'm not saying don't invite people to church, that's definitely not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is your heart first, go. Go and love. Go and help them to find life just because And in that relationship, say, come, come. It's an action. Life today uh, is not like that. I mean, you think about it. Like you turn on the TV. Who actually watches TV on demand, really? Let's be honest. How often? Unless it's live football, unless it's Olympic Games and you're really keen, or whatever it may be, unless you need to watch it live. It's on demand. We actually don't need to go. 24-7, we can shop on our phone. So why are we as a church not going 24-7? We need to shift our thinking to the other 167 hours in the week of people's lives. God is calling us to reach out to the wider community, meeting the vulnerable, the disadvantaged, those who do not know Christ. For us to be the light in the local community so that they too can find life and a difference can be made to a region through his love. How awesome would it be to walk out that door and the atmosphere is no different here than three steps, 40 steps, two Ks. Because God's love has been impacted. And that's what our heart should be. The second point, once we've got God out, the church out of this box, is about us and love and other people. 
Serving changes something in our hearts and that something is love. I know that those people going into that school and me going into that school and even us doing that backyard blitz, that's actually not going to totally change that person's life forever and make it their world perfect for the rest of their life. But you know what? It actually does something in our hearts when we do it. We encounter. It's like when we look to Jesus and we talk to Jesus and we look at him face to face, our hearts moved. But when we look at a person and we see them, our hearts moved. But not only our heart, the heart of God comes out of us and into that person and they encounter something. And we want hearts moved. We don't just want to serve for the sake of serving out of obligation. We want love. God deeply loves his people. He doesn't just love me. (laughs) He loves his people. And as I've been praying about this sermon this week, that's really something that's been resonating with me is, do we know how much God loves his people? Is our heart moved by his people? Or are we still in the I matter? God, just fill me today. Just I want to know that love just for myself. And you know what? There's a time and a place for that. We need to be filled with God and know God's love and know how much we are worth. Like I think like Christine was saying last week, do you know how much you're loved? We need to know that truth and grow in that truth and have our roots go deep down into that reality. But we also need that love to come out and overflow and meet other hearts, that that river would run wide. So whether it's our youth group that goes out and blesses people in the community with lolly bags for just no reason, or giving sausages to people in businesses around here, and you know what? Out of that love, some of them rocked up to church because we loved just because. I pray that there's something happening in our hearts to each of us that helps us to step outside of ourselves and into love. The other-centred community, that's what we want to be, an other-centred community. The serving community of Jesus finds its life and power in Jesus himself, who is not only our teacher, but also our source of strength. Jesus was a servant. He lived for the good of others. His kingdom of this world is complete. The kingdom of this world is completely different to his. I've got a table and chair over here. And it was just to prompt your thinking in the one who served in this world is greater than the one who serves. Yet Jesus just flipped this all around. Instead of us being the one sitting here going, God, give to me, give to me. God says the one who is greater is actually the one who serves. Who says, here, have a meal. Here, let me help you. Let me change your tire. Let me hold your baby. Let me pick up that thing for you. 
he flips it upside down and he says, do what I do. I'm among you. We want to be his example. We don't want to just merely imitate him, but we want to be a servant. But I feel like often there are two things, two false messages that we hear about serving. The first one is, I matter most. This idea that we think that God can take care of Coburn community. God can take care of that person with the trolley and his clothes in there. God will manage it. Or someone else will do it. It's okay. My needs always come first and foremost. And when we act like that, it's actually detrimental to us. Not just others, but us. There's a tendency even in our society to encourage us to think that way. If I don't get the last piece of cake, nobody's going to save one for me. So I'm not going to get any at all. So I need to make sure I get my piece. And we become selfish and self-serving. The complete opposite heart to what God is calling us to have. And the second false message that we often can have, it's like a flip side to this, I'm all that matters. You can be a martyr. You can be the one that says, I need to go and save the world. No, my needs don't matter. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I've been giving to everyone else and I haven't been spending time with God. And you know what? That has the same effect. We actually become bitter and we don't receive joy from serving. We become judgmental of our immediate community that are loving us because we go you know what that person's not serving (laughs) they didn't do as much as me I ran around with my head chopped off and that person didn't much as me and they're just sitting there I'm not saying that maybe some of you should be serving but some of you you know what maybe you need to step back and be refueled so that you can have joy when you go out and you love others so we got those two false messages going on in our society. But the truth of that is that it all matters. My needs matter and other people's needs matter. The great commandment is the true message of what serving is. It's actually this mix, this... (laughs) This dance of living and loving and loving God and loving community and loving yourself. It's that tension. <laughs> and so I want to read to you Mark chapter 12, 28 to 34. And I'm going to start in the story where you see Jesus and he's arguing with the scribes. And, and they're having an argument about lots of things about taxes, um, about the resurrection and there's an exchange between Jesus and the scribes and a scribe was someone who worked worked in the temple and they wrote laws and they they taught the people and so they would know like the 600 sum of laws and you know it was like you keep it all else (laughs) it was like and he Jesus is talking and it goes like this One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had, had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? 
Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teachers of the religious law replied, Well, said teacher, You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and my understanding and my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from God's kingdom. And after that, no one dared to ask any more questions. When I listen to that and at the end it says he didn't dare to ask any more questions. Jesus had answered well, but the, the scribe got it. He knew that relationship was close to the kingdom of God and at the center of our faith. It's that dance, that beautiful dance of relationship to love God with all our heart, our mind and our strength, to love ourselves and know that truth that God loves us. And out of that overflow, we love our neighbours. We love that city out there so well that if we were gone, they would yearn for us. They would yearn not just for, they would, even more than that, they would yearn for God. They would yearn for his love. This passage shows us not only how to live, but even more than that, it shows us how to love. And knowing how to love actually shows us how to serve. We serve God because we love God. We serve ourselves because we love ourselves. We serve others. We serve that community because we love our neighbours. We love our community. And we take care of them. Because when we love others, we naturally serve. We naturally, out of relationship, begin to give, to love, to serve, to know them, to encounter them in their hearts. If you think about it, this is so true for our own lives. You think about a child when you, whether you're a teacher or whether you're a parent, when you have that child, when you first get to know them, when you put hours and hours into them, when you toilet train them, even when they pee and poo on the floor several times during the day and they're driving you crazy, you love them and you love them more and more and more as you spend more time with them and you see who they are and who God's made them to be and you love them. You serve them. You want the best for them. You want them to flourish. It's the same with a sick person. When you care for them, when you provide food for them, when you spend time with them and listen to their story, you want them to get well. You want them to have the best care possible. You want all that God has for them. Same with a a refugee who's homeless when you spend time with them. You want them to have the same opportunities as you do. Because once you love someone, you want the best for them. You're willing to arrange your life to the goal and purpose 
of loving them where they're at. I love um, Pastor Ed Stazer says, Communities become other-centered when they soak in the story of the kingdom of God. They know that they are a community. They know that they're an outpost for the kingdom of God, of God, a place where they can make a difference in the world around, making it a better place where grace is spoken and lived for as long as needed. The value of the church is not in its size, but in the service the people and the to, they give to the community around them. Therefore, there should be a difference in the community because the church exists. And if it left for some reason. There should be a void. We want a void. We want that reality that there would be a void if Oasis was not to exist tomorrow. But greater than that, we want them to know God's love. So I want to go to how can we action love today? How can we care for our community? How can we make a difference? Number one, we need to ask God for his heart for these people. Because do you know what? When we're loving out of our own strength, it can only go this far. But when we're loving out of God's strength, it bolts it out of the building. (laughs) There is just a download that comes that just moves you. And it brings that joy. So that's the first step. But more than that, we can action it. We can get up and make choices at home. We can make choices to love our family, to serve our family. If you, you know, you can do, take the rubbish out for your mum no, without being asked. Just see that the rubbish bin's full. Hey, I'm going to take that out for my mum. Or you know what? You get home from work and your wife is pulling her hair out because she's got young children and she's just had enough today. And you just go, hey, can I help you with the dinner? Can I do that for you? small steps to stepping beyond yourself and in to loving and serving. But even beyond that, in our workplaces, show kindness to our co-workers, even those ones that rub you the wrong way. You know what? The best thing to do is to love them well. You know, stand up for injustice. Speak up for harassment. Be an ear be love. But even more than that, we have an opportunity as a church to stand up for Serve Week as we come together as small groups, but in one big church and go, you know what, we want to bless those people out there together. There are multiple opportunities for you to get on board, whether it be the Backyard Blitz, whether it be purchasing some food to put in those boxes whether it be taking morning tea to those staff rooms, you have an opportunity to action love. Step out of that place of fear and action love and see your heart grow, not just for your benefit, but actually for others. And finally, in our daily lives. You know what? Often, I can imagine, I go to the shops and I'm just like, you know, there's a number of times Janelle and I have been walking separate sides of Coburn Central and we literally will have only just seen each other and we won't even acknowledge each other because we've just so both focused in we've got to get this done. But actually, just sometimes do we go, hey God, give me someone to love today. Give me, you know what, whether it be, hey, can I just 
give your bottle of water. You look like you need a drink. You need some food. You need a coin. Have you can you get to the bus? Do you need directions? It can be as simple as that. Or it can be as simple as, hey, it's okay, your child's screaming. I've been through it. Do you know what? That has impact. That steps outside your fear and says, you know what? I'm loving you. Because as we take baby steps, they, they become big steps. And big steps become giant steps. And you know what? As those giant steps become bigger, your heart becomes bigger. It's a win-win. And God's kingdom becomes bigger. And you know what? This place out here is like this place in here. A community is changed, is moved, is loved. Loved by God. So, this morning, I'm going to challenge you as I wrap up. Is there anything you need to do to change your perspective of church? Are you still thinking of it in this box and saying, come? Or are you going and then saying, coming? We 